0: Drug deaths in the northeast are at their highest level ever. In fact, our region's the worst in England when it comes to people dying from the misuse of drugs. The latest stats that we've got say 350 people died between 2015 and 2017. As you can probably hear, I'm driving around a very twisty and turny estate in Gated called Allardine. If you're familiar with the area, you can still end up getting lost. It's like a warren. If you're not from here and you're using a sat nav to try and find an address, good luck on that. It'll bring you out at a Completely different streets, nine times out of ten. Now, I'm in consists because this is one of the lower income parts of Gateshead, a town where 35 people died from drugs in 2018 alone. And I'm going to meet a woman whose daughter, tragically, was one of those. It was a crisp Wednesday afternoon in a relatively quiet gated. when I went to meet Karen. I saw the postie was on his rounds. It was school hours, so there wasn't any kids on the street. Karen was dressed all in black when I met her. Her hair was the big contrast, though. It was long, it was bright, it was red. Like, it had just been dyed that day at the hairdressers. A fringe covered her black-rimmed glasses. She barely made any eye contact in the time that we spoke. Because it was coming up to the first year anniversary for the death of her daughter, Lisa. When you look on Lisa Wilson's Facebook page, her last update was to her profile picture. It's a photo of her with a beaming smile. In fact, she's written the word smiler right across the picture. And if you look at her cover photo, that's her looking very proud, holding tightly onto her young daughter. As I spoke to Karen, I got the feeling that Lisa could have been any one of us, really. A fun-loving child turned rebellious teen, but sadly she took it too far. On the 30th of March 2018, she was found unresponsive in a flat in Gateshead. Paramedics worked on her body for two hours before declaring her dead. She was only 30. She left behind a 10-year-old daughter and her mum still struggling to come to terms with what exactly happened.
1: Like mother and best friend, really, yeah. She wanted to be a police officer, believe it or not. She was like a tomboy, not a pick of bother. But it wouldn't melt in her mouth until she hit comp. And then she turned into a... Well, I wouldn't say good. She was like, you know, you staying out late and what have you. Normal teenager.
0: Was that, like, the start of the worrying for you as a parent? Yes,
1: it was. And the late nights as well.
0: Is that when the drugs started, or was that just alcohol, or did you...?
1: That was alcohol. Alcohol only. Um, Until she hit, I think it was about 16, she started smoking the green. And that was the problem. And Too much drink. It was hard. I had to ground her, um, but she kept getting out. She started rebelling a bit more...
0: And from cannabis, what was the next steps or what was the next stages?
1: Amphetamine and ecstasy. And then she went away, got her own place, had a daughter, and then spiralled out of control there. She hid it from us for a couple of years, the drug taken there, when it went on to the hard drugs. Um, when a daughter hit about two years old, that's when I knew something wasn't right. She was doing it behind me back. So I didn't know um, until the day I caught her. She had everything laid out on her table, her needles. I went in, I got a black bin bag and I scooped everything into it, took it away, away from me.
0: Etched in her face and deep in her eyes I could sense a woman who still hasn't really come to terms with what happened to her daughter. She'll tell us nobody should outlive their kids, but tragically that's on the rising gated. The most recent stats say there was 35 drug-related deaths in 2018, up from 12 the year before. With a town whose life expectancy is 80, that's 35 families who've had to lay their sons and daughters to rest. I could say she was nervous talking about something so raw. And at her request, I've changed names and dates, as Karen's family are, well, at loggerheads over Lisa's death.
1: It's devastating. It's left everybody. Like, I don't know, there's like a hole in my heart. It's my only daughter. The whole family were clashing because of it all, because of the drugs.
0: The transition from cannabis to eventually heroin, is that the drug that took our life?
1: Well we knew it was coming, I was waiting for the knock on the door, and when we did get a knock I knew straight away who it was. Uh, the police came in, told us, thought daughter heard them, she was at mine that night, and she come downstairs and she said, it's my mum isn't it, the drugs, and I said yeah she's gone.
0: How was she discovered, what happened?
1: She was discovered in her flat, um, unresponsive. They'd been working on her for a few hours. um, They couldn't bring her back. It was a mixture. Um, It was a concoction. She'd only had a little bit, what was found in her body, um, of, like, heroin, methadone as well, even though she was on the script. Valiums, everything in her body, and it caused a problem with her heart over the years, which she didn't know about, and it went straight to her heart and it killed her.
0: When was the last time you saw her before that?
1: two days before that and um, when I seen her she had an appointment to go to the job centre and when I had seen her she was sitting in a pool of vomit
0: what was the last bits with her like what was your conversations like and stuff like that
1: I told her I was disgusted and then to get herself sorted out and I walked out the door and that was the last thing
0: it didn't end probably the way you, you would have wanted it to end if you could relive it what would be the last thing you'd want to say to her
1: just how much I love her Everything
0: would be okay. Lisa's story is one of many. Like I say, 35 deaths due to drugs in this town alone last year. It might not seem a lot, but that's a 200% rise on the year before. And for a proud community, as tight knit as Gates it can be, that's 35 deaths too many. From here in Aladdin to Gateshead Civic Centre, it's about a 15 minute drive at the most. I've got an interview set up with them, with the council, to talk about drugs and deaths, but whilst I was in with Karen just then, my phone was buzzing away in my pocket. I put a few feelers out on Facebook and a couple of groups and events pages looking to speak to people about drugs or even drug dealing. A couple who live in Gateshead have got back to me. They use drugs on a recreational basis. And they're keen to talk about drugs, why they do it, and why they feel it can be done in a safe environment. They've said, though, that they're free now and they're in Newcastle City Centre, actually at work, but it's okay for me to go and visit them, so that's where I'm off to now. Hiya, I'm here to see. Yeah, just go straight through,
2: they're waiting for
0: you. Just through these doors, yeah? Yeah, those doors. Rachel and John, as I'll call them, are a young professional couple. I'm meeting them in a. Nondescript empty room in a Newcastle city centre office block. John's the younger of the two by a couple of years. He's got long black hair. It's tied back in a ponytail. He's got wire rim glasses on and a five o'clock shadow. His partner for the last three or so years is in her early thirties. Rachel is a vegan, she'll tell me. Don't do drugs, she'll warn, but also don't drink, don't smoke and don't eat red meat. She's about five foot five, short hair, it's been dyed, a number of colours. She looks much younger than her age, but it's only since meeting John... But she's doubled properly with drugs. How did, you, how did you start with drugs?
3: Well, I think I tried a bit of cannabis again when I was a teenager but wasn't really a fan. And I'd spent my whole 20s being absolutely terrified of drugs, wouldn't touch them because if you have one pill, will kill and all that stuff. And then I met John and he explained different types of drugs and how they work and took away some of the fear.
2: I probably, when I was about 14, uh, smoked cannabis for the first time with my sister. It wasn't until I went to university that I kind of tried uh, harder drugs and in inverted commas so um, things like MDMA and um, ketamine and then some hallucinogens which are fantastic.
0: For me, hearing stuff that the the kind of drugs that you are taking, I kind of get taken aback that you are not blase about it, but so comfortable and so honest talking about it. Who introduced you, or, or what yeah. tempted you?
2: you know someone kind of explains to you well you know hang on alcohol's this damaging and uh here's this other drug which is actually more fun less damaging less addictive you know all of these things and you go all right well you know why why would i not do that just because Someone in, you know, Westminster says it's a bad idea and they've never done it either. Okay, it's a couple buy their drugs online. I
0: suspect it's the dark web they're using because they describe being able to read reviews on the products before they actually purchase them and then it's delivered through the normal mail. A few years back, I spent a full 12 month on the murky underground marketplaces of the deep web. The way that they describe it is exactly what I saw. People buying drugs as easy as buying something off eBay but is it a case that you always get what you pay for? Has there been any bad experiences, or has it all been relatively good?
3: Uh, there's definitely been a couple of bad experiences. Well, for me, I had a bad acid trip once, which was quite terrifying, but I was with them, people that I trusted, and that pretty much saved me for the, for the duration of that. Um, we've also got uh, testing kits, so we will test the drugs that we get so that we've got some idea of what's in it before we take it.
0: So these testing kits that you've got at home, have you ever bought something that's turned out not to be what you have, or is it always a case of you get what you pay for?
2: What I, think, I think. Yeah, I think there's only once that we tested it, and it, and, and we didn't know what it was because the tests, at least the ones that you can get commercially, they might tell you, that they're presumptive tests, so they'll tell you if there is any of what you're looking for in the, the substance, and sometimes if there isn't, it's really impossible to tell what it is. Um, so, yeah, okay, occasionally it does happen. Did you try it? Uh, we'd already had it before we tested it that time. That was when we that started testing. when we started testing because yeah.
3: we were like, this isn't normal. This doesn't feel right. So, that's why we went and got testing kits. And now we test everything before we use it.
0: You're probably the nicest drug takers that I've ever met, to be honest.
3: <laughs> probably and. not. You should meet some of <laughs> our friends. Probably not.
2: <laughs> I, I bet you that uh, you know, 50 to 75% of the nicest people you've ever met are drug takers, at least at some point in their life.
0: Rachel and John don't live in Aladdin. they've got full-time jobs, so if you saw them on the street, you probably wouldn't think they are the stereotypical drug-takers, you wouldn't think they dabbled in such hardcore drugs like they've just been telling us. So it shows it's not really a low-income problem. In fact, drug deaths across the northeast are at the highest level ever. In fact, they're the highest in the UK. But why? Is it a case that people who live in places like Aladine have got easier access to harder drugs? If they had testing kits and were shown what drugs they shouldn't be mixing and what the long-term effects on their bodies would be, would that help? Well, these are the types of things I'm going to be asking of Council and Northumbria Police. They both agree to have a sit down and a chat with me at the Civic Centre.
4: Yeah, I'm Mickey. Hello, I'm Alan Pitchford. Hi, I'm Gerald Tompkins here from the council.
0: The Civic Uh, Centre in Gateshead is slap bang right in the middle of the town centre. It's a big red brick building put up in the late 1970s. The reception's open plan, there's people using computers to get online, there's people waiting in queues for the hatching, matching and dispatching offices. I'm taken up to a boardroom on the second floor by the press manager. The room has a long 14-seater table, the walls are a neutral yellow colour and Gerald from the council and Alan from the police are sitting opposite me. I need to know what their thoughts are on this huge increase in drug deaths
4: in their town. Firstly, one death is too many, um, but yeah, it's a lot.
0: Let's say, Gerald, that there is an addict out there who now knows that they've got a problem and they want treatment. What supports can Gateshead Council offer people?
4: Well, we have a contract with an organisation called CGL, who uh, used to operate as Evolve. We've now changed the contract, and they're called Gateshead Recovery Partnership. People can speak to their GP or they can just look up uh, the recovery partnership so i had a quick look
0: on the council website today and there's a substance misuse part which is great and then it gives
4: evolve and we used to it, the service used to be called evolve from 1st of november it's gates said recovery partnership so
0: evolve is still mentioned on your site do you think there could be more i'm I'm not like saying oh take that down and change it straight away. i'm just <laughs> thinking think you could be pinpointing more going around to uh, these communities and, and teaching them well
4: part part of the work that we expect the provider to do is that outreach to promote itself and and make increase awareness of the service that, that is out there because treatment does work and is that obviously one of the reasons why you changed from Evolve, because
0: what they were doing just wasn't working? No, yet.
4: no, no, the same, the same CGL who, who provided Evolve is the company that are providing the recovery partnership. Just
0: so you know, CGL is Change, Grow, Live. They're a voluntary sector organisation. They specialise in substance misuse and criminal justice intervention projects right across the UK. They say they provide help and support to adults, children, young people and families, and last year they helped over 200,000 people across the country. Have you given them kind of like 12 months to, to get better or, or what are you doing <laughs> with them?
4: Well, as I say, the, the treatment works and we're quite pleased with the work um, CGL are doing. Uh, the contract isn't for more than 12 months you know, because you need stability to get the best out of the service.
0: And let's fast forward to next year when we will be talking about this year's figures. Obviously, we don't know them as of yet. Um, what will happen if drug deaths go up? What is your plan? What, what's your plan B?
4: There's no simple answer to this. It will take a long time. The position in Gateshead is no different to what it is in many communities up and down the country. There's a, a lot of places struggling with this.
0: Some of the headlines over the, the last 12 months about Gateshead being the drug hot spot of the North East when it comes to council call-outs for syringes and stuff like that. Uh, We've had police incidents recently in Aladeen, in the flats, there was an attack with a knife. There was a crack cocaine attack in Rowlandsgill a couple of months ago, maybe late last year, where a woman got glassed in the face by someone high on crack cocaine. How is the title drug capital of the North East sitting with of Council? It's
4: not a title that we welcome, but I think um, the, I mean, the context of that specifically was around the needle finds, and I think the fact that we report and encourage reporting of the needle finds is probably. The, the strongest explanation for us having the highest number of needle finds.
0: Well I asked Gerald about the potential for further outreach work in communities like Aladdin and about drug testing kits and whether they could be a good idea. He's agreed it's something that he'll look into and get back to me at a later date. Also in the room with us was Alan Pitchford the Police Inspector for Northumbria Police. I asked him what people really want to know. What is the force doing to stop drug supply in Gated?
4: Well there's always been the supply of drugs but I think it's uh, I think it's important from public's perception is to understand that albeit drugs are available there's a whole range of other factors which impact on the mortality of people who take drugs.
0: Drugs taking and gated, it's not just particular areas that are doing heroin or ecstasy or cocaine, it seems to be anyone that I speak to in the town has got a drug story. I spoke to a couple who live in one of the more affluent areas of gated, we'll say. They buy their drugs online, they get them delivered through the post and then they use a testing kit to make sure that what they're buying is what they're getting. How big of a problem do you think the internet's playing nowadays in people getting their drugs?
4: Well, obviously, from the example that you've given, the internet does play a big part. The accessibility of drugs makes it very difficult for us to, to deal with. However, drugs have always been accessible. Um, it's no different with any other area within the northeast and nationally. Um, this is something that we're working together with with all the agencies right across the country we're all working together to tackle this
0: And the last question for both of you and I've been asking every single person that I've interviewed on this is have you taken drugs in your
4: life? Actually no Absolutely not, no
0: I wasn't really expecting Gerald and Alan to admit to drug taking there but I Thought i'd ask we do know that drug taking is a problem in gates it's every one of those 35 deaths in 2018 is a tragedy the figure isn't just numbers on a page though hopefully i've shown that every one of them is a life that's been cut short and countless lives that have been changed forever each one is a daughter or a son a mother or a father who's been snatched away no more time with the family for them no more tomorrows for them to look forward to is there a specific reason that the figure jumped so high last year in reality i don't think so no but still, 35 deaths from drugs in gates. is 35 too many. The numbers will probably go up and down over the years, but the human cost remains the same, each one is an individual whose life has been cut short before their time. This is dedicated to the 35 people who died in 2018, and the final word should go to Karen Wilson. Her 30-year-old daughter, Lisa, died last year. When you think back about that little girl growing up to last March... I mean, you must just be completely all over the place.
1: I am, but I know it, she doesn't have to like worry about when she's gonna get her next fix. I know it sounds awful, but it's a release. I mean, it's it sounds like it's still tearing you apart. It is, it'll never go away. I've got ashes in the house. It's the worst thing ever.